Hello, and welcome to All Being Gone. In this episode, I chat to Derek Young. This is part one. Part two will release next week. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at All Being Gone. And now, without further ado, let's get into the interview. Like as a younger, as a as a kid, really, like what was was football a big part of your life as a kid? Who, who did you like watching growing up? Um, I think as uh, the very first thing we do because I'll probably if, if we can go back that far, I'm kind of chucking Darren in a bit as well. If we're talking about that, but growing up we had the, the, the two years done everything together, I and mean, we we went and play, started playing football when we were five. We were local boys club uh, down in Glasgow, and. Uh, Obviously, back then, everybody done it. There was there was a, a thousand kids playing football at every football club and all the rest of it. So it was all different age groups as well, even a, even a way back then. But we started at a team called Cascade United and kind of just built up playing there. Um, and then moved to another boys club. We're <coughs> obviously doing quite well. And uh, we moved to another boys club called Mill United, one of the bigger and better uh, teams in uh just around about that time, I, I, when I was uh, when I was ten, um, I probably said this in other podcasts and stuff before, but it was like I was ten when um, Dan was eleven when we, we got spotted with Aberdeen. Um, there was a, a very decent story. I'll tell it again anyway. Um, that uh, the chief scout boy Jimmy Carswell, older guy, um, when he, he was the main scout for Scotland uh, and. He was meant to be going to another game one day in the game that was pouring rain. Uh, and the game he was going to was meant to be on grass. So it got called off. The game was called off. But the back of Jimmy's house, there's all these ash pitches that we grew up with back in the day. Uh, and because there was games on, he decided he was going to come over and just watch the, the game. So it just so happens it was a game that um, we were playing in. And uh, must have done well. Uh, and after the game, he came around and seen the the manager of the team uh, said that it was Aberdeen scout and he was quite interested in two or three years. And uh, I was one, there was another boy, uh, and the other one was Dan. And he's Dan said, uh, the manager said to him, he said, oh, you realise they're two of brothers, do you? And he kind of, he's like, I never had a clue, he says, but well, so basically for that day on, um, we were we were with Aberdeen and many, many other clubs um, all the way all the way through until you signed S form or, or, or you went you went full time. So kind of back then, was obviously it wasn't a, it wasn't the academy that you, you grew up. With. It was you, you, you trained once a week. Right? Um, but my week from maybe the age of eleven up till the under the age fifteen, fifteen I signed schoolboy with Aberdeen. Um, for for four years, my it was. A Monday was Aberdeen at Strathclyde Park. A Tuesday was Rangers out the front of Ibrox. A Wednesday trained with Hearts through in Edinburgh. Um, a Thursday, every so often, I trained with St Johnston as well. A Friday, if I was lucky, a day off. <laughs> uh, and like I said, I mentioned it, but you were also playing with your boys club. So you would maybe squeeze into training sessions, whether it was a Tuesday or a Thursday, 
Um, so I'd maybe Tuesday, I'd maybe train in my boys' club straight out mm. after school or whatever, and then the Rangers stuff or whoever else would be later on. Um, so it was just constant, constant, constant. But then when it came to the weekend, it was Saturday morning, you played with your school team, because that was allowed back then. Obviously, it's not so much now, especially with Aberdeen kids. They obviously get looked after the full week, so they're kind of, yeah, it's... It's harsh. They maybe miss the high school playing with your mates, mm. kids all different shapes, sizes. But it's uh, it's I can see Aberdeen's point massively where they're spending a lot of money on kids and getting them the best of things. So they don't want to let that happen too much. And we don't say no to it, but it's kind of yeah. After yourself, it's that's something that coaches young players as well. Do you? Do you um... I mean, obviously, it wasn't that long ago that you were doing that. You know, you're not that old. But so, with, like, how do you approach that as a coach? And when I was playing, I was doing like that, like you were sitting there four, possibly five nights a week, whereas the, the, the players that you're coaching are maybe doing a lot less of that. And, yeah, and, and, and what happened, but see, the, the funniest thing is when I first came in and started with the academy, and I also coach a lot of other boys at Hazelhead Academy with the SFA Performance School, because um, I'm in there during the day most days. and um, there's a lot of other boys that Aberdeen at different age groups go to there as well so I probably see a lot of these kids more than I would I see my own kids <laughs> you know what I mean um, so it was in my head because I was thinking back it's, it's a lot it's a hell of a lot of football for these kids but like I just explained to you there it wasn't until I sat back and kind of went hey, I'm actually doing all this as well I was sometimes two training sessions and I, mm. like I said at the weekend it was School in the morning, played with a boys' club, um, which was either Cask United or Mill United, uh, in the afternoon. And then when it came to uh, the Sunday, one of these, one of the professional teams, Aberdeen, Rangers, Hearts, whoever else, they maybe have a game. Um, so you would, you would maybe get asked along to, to go and play in that. So you had to kind of. Um, juggle a lot of it, but it was a hell of a lot of games you were playing mm. but the big thing now is you've got sports science now and these the kids at Aberdeen have got it's and they've got it from under 10s or 11s right up now um, so it's just constant uh, sports science um, mad and it's they've got the levels of they've done this amount they've done that amount this kid's Played so many games and all, all the rest of it. So a lot of that gets flung in now. Um, a lot as it's growing pains as well. This, that, and the next thing. But you think back to when, and you don't, it doesn't need to be a professional level, but you think back to when you were growing up, that was never heard of, you know what I mean? It was just, this is so or that. So you were, you, you go and play. If you're too sore, you come off. Mm. But now it's, now it's the, the, the kids. And it's, it's I, I'm, I'm, is it the best thing? It probably is, but you know, I mean, it's just what you were used to. And that, that, that's what I'm. Sometimes I'll hear people saying that this kid at under 15s, he can, he can only do half the session, but he, he can only do the warm up at the start. He, he misses this bit, he can join in and that passing bit, and then the rest is away. I'm like, well, what's the point in being here? Mm. And they're like, oh, well, he needs to just keep his, his top these level and, and everything. And don't get me wrong, I, I might be in the wrong thing, like, We've moved on a million years now, you know what I mean, <laughs> compared to how it was. But that that's just the how it is now. So it's like I said, the kids once they come into us at 
pre academy or whatever um, under tens, they're, they're they're so well looked after. It's it's incredible, and it's it's like I said, they look after themselves away away for the um, academy. And like I said, it's uh, they've got a free run at it as, as long as they're doing well. It's, it's, it's very interesting. I want to touch on a little bit more of, of of that later on, if I can. Actually, um, the so when you you signed your your schoolboys forms with Aberdeen, um, were you still living like at home, or when did you move up? Yeah, when I when I was fifteen, I'd still had another year at school. I was um, so I, when I finished fourth year, I, I more or less in the summer I, I moved. Uh, Moved up to Aberdeen just as I turned sixteen, um, but you moved into digs up here. Mm. Um, just fortunate that Dan was obviously here as well, Dan. So I moved into digs with Dan uh, and Guy Alan Bryce, and still a good friend of mine, William Ian Good, um, and before he was staying uh, digs for a year, and then myself and Dan. Dan, but Dan was playing the first game minute made a decent amount of money um, so he, he bought himself a flat the following year and I jumped in the other bedroom and lived rent three for a wee while <laughs> so uh, when, do you remember what do you remember about your uh, first team debut starting to get involved with the first team my, my, I played a couple of testimonial games so I didn't um, I was quite lucky but I was Kind of involved, kind of near my first year. I was I, I trained a few times with the first team in my first season, and then the second season, um, I actually went. I will, um, did I go pre-season then? I think I did. Um, and I was involved and round about it. Um, but then I managed to, like I said, that second season, I managed to get a couple of testimonial games. I think they played Middlesbrough and Blackburn or something. Um, so it kind of had a wee taste of it. And then you're obviously involved in 11 v 11 games playing with the first team. Um, so you know the pace of things and uh, all the rest of it. So it's um, the last game of the, when I was 17, the last game of the season, I was away to Dungeon United, I was actually on the bench, but I never came on. Um, but was, that, sorry, was, that still, um, was that still Roy Aitken or was Alex Miller at that time? Um, that would have been, was that Roy? I think so. I think it was Roy. Um, and it feels that long ago. <laughs> uh, and like I said, I you can imagine me in the summer, just my head's, head's buzzing. This is it. I need to get myself back. So, like I said, when I did, I came back um, and I was getting moved. Uh, I went uh, pre season with the first team. And then we came back, and the first game of the season was. Inverness away in the League Cup um, so it was went in, and uh, there was a few boys missing for the training there was boys a um, couple of injuries up front a uh, couple of wide men as well struggling for fitness for the game um, but the team was never actually read out or anything any, any days before so we travelled up to Inverness stayed over and then we were I, I, I think I was kind of late coming into the changing room. And I thought to myself, well, I've got a good chance of being on the bench anyway because um, there's, there's not an awful lot of people here. <laughs> and so that would have been, I would have been over them in the room. But when I came in, I actually grabbed Heggie and says to Paul Heggie, uh, 
what's, what's happening with, with number armor. And he's just looking at me. He says, you're fucking starting, son. On you go. You, do you know bloody listen? And I'm going, God, what did I miss? <laughs> How long was I outside? What did I, what did I know here? So nobody actually came up and went, right, so this is your debut, this is where you're starting. Yeah. It was just kind of right. You were, like I said, the, the, the build up for the, the, the couple of days before it was, I was in and out of the team. You know I mean, it was that one day you would maybe be, we'll stick Derek up there or we'll stick Derek out wide and you know, other players were coming in and out. So I don't think he was maybe too sure of his own team. But when it came out, it was just kind of as if, right, you're playing. Mm. So, can I imagine straight away, brilliant. Um, I can I always say that. I can imagine remembering, I never, I never ever did get nervous. It never ever affected me, but I can remember doing the warm up and the, he- the heaviest legs in the world. And I'm going, what's this? Jeez, oh. But I never thought anything of it. Um, game starts, 28 seconds later, I've somebody took a throw and I've took it down the line, smashed it across, and Billy Dodds has tipped it, uh, uh, stuck it away. Like I said, 28 seconds into your debut and you're, you're setting up a goal. You know what I mean? I think that's, this is easy. This is no, no, no hassle to me at all. Uh, but I had a beast. I'd, 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 I couldn't run. I couldn't control the ball. I was trying to make the right runs and all the rest of it and things were coming off. But I just, uh, I just, I just knew I was having a bad game mm. straight after it. Came in at half time, the manager saying about keeping the ball and all the rest of it. And I'd say to hey, hey, we had guys, Stuart Hogg. Hoggy was the fitness coach. And I'm saying to Hogg, yes, my legs just feel like cement. I just don't know what's, what's wrong with me. He's giving me jelly sweets and everything. He said, I don't worry, you'll be all right. You're saying half, just get yourself gone. Um, but I went out, I think I lasted maybe another 15 minutes and I got the, the big the big hook came <laughs> and uh, thankfully we went, we went on to win I think we won 2-1 uh, but I was angry after the game I was so upset with myself I wasn't a complete nightmare you know what I mean but I, as I'm, I always know if I'm having a good game or a bad game and I'm keeping the ball I'm setting chances up am I doing this that's kind of you, you need to know your job as you're going on the park so I wasn't happy after the game but the first team boys when we were, when they were great they were like look you've, you've come on you've, you've set up a goal you've had your debut you've done this you've done that you've, all the pressure's off you now you just your next you kick on the rest of the season and uh, just take it from there uh, and they were, they were they were right it is it's one of those things that happened and it's 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 done I played for Aberdeen managed to set up a goal I don't need to worry about nerves anymore because I've already done it mm. uh, so um so that's that, that's how it was. So um, that was me, my first win bonus. It just turned eighteen, so mm-hmm. I was I went into Glasgow, spending it on all the mates. <laughs> so I was a boy, <laughs> the wee guy for the council estate in Glasgow, chuck money at everybody. Let's go. Everybody, everybody does that when I was when they're eighteen. Used to get my senior loans when I was eighteen, and I thought, oh, was that, that was it. As soon as somebody got some money, right, we're all sharing this. Yeah. Let's go. That's how it should be. The thing about that time was, the time that as well, because there was still a bit of money getting chucked about, you know, like there was like a lot of money was spent on the Bulgarians. There's Paul Bernard, then once Alex Mar came in, you had players like Craig Hignett coming in for a short period of time as well. Yeah. As a younger player, did you find that like worrying that it's like, well, oh, they're just going to buy somebody rather than you play? Um. I don't think so because I always felt I was I was still there or thereabouts in the team. I don't. I was in the. You kind of know your place for a while. Then you, you need to kind of be in that team and staying in the team and make sure you're not kind of 
in and out, dropping back into the reserves and, and, and whatever else. Don't get me wrong, I did that that that, that season. I, I jumped back and forward a good bit, but like you said, they were bringing players in and. I mean, Higgy, Higgy was incredible. Mm. You know what I mean? Just some of the things he would do in a game and, and training, just yeah. a joke. I think my, my, um, my biggest memory of uh, Kerry Cagnet is, I think it's the 3-2 game against Celtic, the the one that Mark Perry scored the volley. Reggie Bullock oh, yeah, scored yeah. that one goal. And I just remember yeah. Jess and Hignett, like together, unplayable. It was just, just a different standard mm-hmm. altogether as well. It was potential. That was it. Was such an exciting like little period that that with with when those boys were there as well, and uh, went like good a good start as well. And was was like I say that few times. Just like it was the best game I've ever been to live. Um, uh-huh. just like I think they missed three. They got three penalties late and saved two of them. I'm like, that's right. Yeah, yeah. scored the greatest own goal ever. I was in the south stand, and Gary Smith took. Free kick on the south stand side, just basically by the the byline, and he just launches it, and there's nobody there except uh-huh. Jonathan Gould and Reggie Blinker. Gould comes out, Blinker he does it, and it goes right through his head. You see Jonathan Gould's face. Just, 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 what's going on? So funny. I think it was like two red cards, maybe three red cards in that game. Uh, so, the game had like, the game had everything. You're right, absolutely. absolutely. Everything. I think it was a Sky game. It was on it. Like it was one of those weird ones that started putting them on at, like six o'clock on a Sunday night or something like that as well. And it was just just so exciting. But and obviously Alex Miller's reign sort of petered out. Really, didn't it? Was it? And yeah. then yeah. it seemed to like you said it never seemed to get up. A- a good run like I said I was still a young boy trying to make your way in but I was still involved in the first team and round about and, but we seemed to win a couple of games and then it would go flat again it was never just a look at this solid team keep everybody fit and it should it should kick on uh, and it, it, it never and to be honest I don't really know you know I mean you kind of put your finger on how it was but that's it's usually the Consistency thing that kills managers and players into it. it needs to be a, a good level and winning all the time. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's like I say, the, the, the club did spend a bit of money on it, and hopefully, they're also looking for a, a, bit of, a bit of success because they're obviously not renowned for putting their hand in their pocket back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, but it's, that's how it is. It's, it's, that's what happened. So, what did um, obviously for the rest of that, that season, uh, Paul Hegarty took control? Did what? Did he do anything different or was it just a case of getting the players together and all believing themselves? Uh, no, I think that was it. It was, it was more um, trying to believe in yourselves and and it's hard for him because he's he's obviously been the assistant manager there to, to, to take the reins and it's the same group of players and he, he did not try and... Heggy would, after a game at the weekend, Heggy would have coaching us kind of young boys I'll say and he would always have a meeting with us about what happened in the game Saturday and he would go on about it but he would always say and I kind of remember it to this day and, and you actually felt as if <laughs> it was your fault that they hadn't played well and what would it be like like what are you doing that, that so and so just say the striker one of the strikers isn't it it was playing striker back then he's not playing well what, what are you doing in training to show me that I should be playing you instead of him you know what I mean that kind of man management kind of thing hmm. but he would do that he would, he would go, maybe be 
five, six, seven years, and this this we meeting with him just before training, just like I said, the younger boy. Well, like I said every one years was coming away from it. Oh god, I can't, can't believe we could be the weekend. Feels <laughs> <laughs> like our fault. Um, can't even get in the team, you know what I mean? That way, and about his, his way of it was right. Well, these guys are only doing well. What, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. How can you get into that team? What can you do better? Can you go to the gym and do more? What are you doing when you get away from home? Are you living right? That kind of thing. And it used to happen every two or three weeks. Got to stage a lot. Is there any chance of them bloody winning again? <laughs> yes, I'm right. Did you know what is? I, I, I'm always, as, as you get older, you know why you've done it. Because I, I do it myself. You, you kind of do that double bluff thing with the kids. Um, just to get them thinking different, you know what I mean? And I, I, I do it with the academy kids myself. So you kind of learn. As you, as you going, but um, he, he, he tried to put in a few young boys as well near the end of the season uh, mm-hmm. to try and get a spark. And you know what it's like sometimes you get two or three boys in it at one time. And, um, it, uh, um, I so like so once like the team would kind of secured safety, and then did the dressing room think that Hegarty was going to get a a shot then? You always do, um, and managers are all different, <coughs> different levels. But I don't think they were expecting. Um, obviously, the manager that came in, hmm. but I don't think. I, I think, uh, obviously, back then as a young boy, I, I probably wasn't thinking too much like that. Um, but the, the thing there is, if Heggy stays, at least he knows you, and he, he knows what you can get off you, and you understand him, and all the rest of it. When your manager comes in. Everybody's back to square one again, uh, and so that, that that's obviously what ended up happening. Yeah, so obviously uh, got a touch on Ebby. Um How did you find him um, when he initially came in, and the things he tried tried to do? He was he was a great big guy, um, and really nice. Deep with the younger boys as well um, and I'm trying to think it was, it was Ebby Tommy Moller Nielsen Gardner Spears um, and Hoggy was still there Stuart Hogg was the, the fitness coach so I think that was the, the coaching staff uh, back then and it was fine it was just a lot of stuff was not stuff you were used to which might sound daft because it doesn't mean it's bad or it's, it's wrong that you're doing something different. Just you're not used to it. So there's a lot of different technique things and training and sessions where you maybe felt as if you hadn't done too much, but it was more based on individuals on the park that were kind of maybe concentrating the defensive side of things. So you maybe felt as if you'd wasted an hour and a half of your life just concentrating on the defence, but maybe the following week one of the or two of the sessions through the weeks maybe based on attacking in the final third or, or something like that um, but it wouldn't be like what you would maybe get now is you're you starting you have your start your session maybe a bit of passing possession and then these kind of things build up into a third of the session might be built into doing stuff in the final third or Defending stuff and all the rest of it, so it's kind of built up through through that. But his his session seemed to be it was like as soon as you went on the park, you get your warm up, and then it was bang, 
انا بقى ما هعرفش اوف عشان سبيسيفيك They weren't enjoying it either, and I can remember him having a couple of arguments with Jesse as well um, about how things were going. And like I said, it was it wasn't as if it, it was it was just maybe a different way of thinking and a different way of doing things. But you just maybe weren't weren't used to what he was trying to achieve. Like mm-hmm. I said, you're maybe not used to just being a guinea pig for a session. You know what I mean? Uh, So like I say, daft, daft things like that. There was things he done which were good and were were, were funny. Um, I can always you, you mentioned Gary, Gary Smith a bit back there. I can always remember that. And if we were playing a, a game seventy seven eight year, whatever, Eddie would always go in the middle as a referee, and he, he would always kick the ball up. He would knee it, and then kick it and catch the ball. Was if I mean I'm not kicking it yet. He would kid on. He was going to kick it, but he would knee it and things like that. And you've got you, you can imagine you've got two players. Getting ready to, to take this, it was like a bounce up. But he was he would, he would knee it and catch it again, and he would do this two or three times. <laughs> and uh, Gary Smith had been in and out the team and all the rest of it. But he kind of Ebbed went to kick it at the last minute. He tried to change it and he tried to knee it, and then he just made a backside it. And Gary Smith just came clattering, <laughs> smashes him, wipes him out. You know what I mean? Like a proper fifty-fifty, or even a fifty-fifty. Uh, and he just absolutely ebbs upside down, you know. When I mean? he's nose diving, Gary Smith's all over him, just trying to get this ball off him because he kept trying to wind him up. He's thought I've had enough, <laughs> and, he's, he's, and then he smashes the manager. <laughs> just the whole, the whole place just went silent, as you can imagine. Uh, and Smudger's just—he's standing there, he's just looking at the manager, shrugging his shoulders, going, "No, you, you, you flung it up, you flung it up." موسیقی It was 8v8 or 9v9. As you can imagine, the goalies are in the goal, but facing out the pitch. And there would be possession in the middle of the pitch, but as soon as you got past into the 18-yard box, where you kind of really had to about turn to try and score into the goals that you're mm-hmm. now kind of ran past. Um, so it'd be two or three touch in the middle of the pitch, and then once you get into the box, you kind of had to turn and try and get a finish at it. Um, but obviously, if you miss the target, it was like a counter attack right up the other side. Mm-hmm. So everybody's it's going back and forward at a hundred mile an hour. Um, so something crazy like that was different, and it was more to do with um, if you'd lost the ball, counter attacking kind of mm-hmm. ideas. But uh, realistically, the goals are back to front. The goalie's facing the wrong way. I'm having to run by the goals to try and get a shot in. So I can see by the look in your face just now. I'm just trying to think. You're thinking, well, wow. it's like if you're like for the keepers well, as well. The keepers as well. Uh-huh. So the keepers looking at a game. So he knows when this one's coming. So he, uh-huh. 
But what he would do is the keeper could kind of join in as if they were tacking up the other side. Right. The keeper could come around the other side of the goals and he could join in as, and be maybe like another that's a sweeper, just say, and get the ball when he could join in play. But obviously, as soon as his team lost possession, he could run around the other side of the goals and, and just defend it. Um, yeah, it sounds mad and it was mad. Um, but to this very day, um, his reverse goals have now expanded into the smaller v four v four goals. Honestly, it must be four or five different sessions that you can use with yeah. the Epscoftal reverse goals. I've seen I've seen the full size ones that I'm running there as well. Um, that other coaches have, have jumped on the back of. Yeah. Um, so it's been it's, the legend lives on, as they say, through the yeah. through the academy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's a few things that like that seem to do that maybe maybe were a bit forward for their time and people just didn't pick up on them. And, like even the um, follow the leader corner, there's still elements of that getting done in in leagues yeah. all over the world now. You know. Yeah, um, I've honestly, it's a world about a lie. Anytime the boys that played in that squad and that team, um, obviously still texting a few folk here and there. If somebody says something, if something comes up in Sky Sports or it's in the Champions League or something, there's always a text message going on. Every's train still working. <laughs> <laughs> there are, there's Man United doing it. There's so and so trying to do the train. Uh, so, like you said, it was it was something different, and it's and that's what ends up happening. You coaches and managers pick up things elsewhere and mm. and go and use it. And, uh, like I said, we were one of the first to do it and it's the, the, the thing where it is it actually worked a few times so it was good you know what I mean folk might have been laughing at it the first couple of times they've seen it happening but started scoring goals off the back end mm. so it was it was decent it was good because there was, um, was, was obviously a lot of highlights in Eddie's time as well like we went from being near the bottom of the league to eventually like finishing third fourth and then yeah. Yeah, you know, reaching a couple of cup finals, and then there was the the nine home wins run and all that. The the game against Celtic in the snow, Rob Douglas battering the ball off Darren Mackey's arse, and then <laughs> getting yeah, an empty net. Snowballs at was, uh, Yeah, he he got pelters. Yeah, <laughs> um, I I think um, like you say, that's me just being a bit mad. We we would go like that. We were so up and down. Um, like I said, the the first year. That we came in, there was I think there was four or five is from it came up through the youth team and, and there was a good chunkies playing in the in the first team or sitting in the bench, but always there was a like half the team was maybe the, the boys that had been playing together from about 15, 16 year olds who were the kind of base there of young boys, which was was good. And we had quality older guys there that playing with Derek White. Robbie Winters, excuse me. Um, these guys had been about, they had a bit of experience of things. And, um, but I think what ended up happening was, like I said, that was the, the, the first season we finished. Was it third or fourth, she said? Yeah, we, we, I think we got into Europe anyway. Um, and we, we were playing good football. We'd, we were scoring goals. It was looking, everything was looking good. Um, but it came to the end of the season and a lot of the older boys left. Uh, and... It sounds I'm, I'm not having a go, people, but it was maybe not the same standard that, that, that came in. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It was foreign, but I'm not against foreign guys either, but 
it wasn't easy for them to just come into that league and just kick on and everything was the same and yeah. so it was it was kind of hard that way as we also like I said you were still trying to process the every score way of doing things and staying in and around the first team and, and staying in the team and making sure that it's alright to then a good chunk of the guys that you looked up at and that set the standard and I mean, made sure us we 18, 19 year olds were kept in check as well uh, so a lot of that went that experience and like I said there was different players coming in that we had some good times through that like you said but I think we nearly ended ended up nearly getting relegated but the mm-hmm. club was in two cup finals yeah, so it was I think that kind of comes up doesn't it yeah uh, and like I said so and then like you did stay there we, we, we go on the nine home run uh, nine <coughs> home wins I run out of nowhere um, and thankfully we, we, we've done it you know I mean it's a bit of, a bit of history mm-hmm. back on it on that, on and that then last, we've always we've on that last game sorry on that last game um, just because I've got the opportunity to ask was it you going to idea me? to do that weird uh... I, I knew you were going to say <laughs> It was, uh, and once again, that was something out of nowhere. Um, it was, well, obviously, we, we played Celtic and all the rest of it. Was it 2 0 we won? Two, uh, yeah, I think so. Um, but we won anyway. Um, and obviously, celebrating after the game. And it was, we were just kind of heading towards a tunnel when Eugene's jumped about and we're all celebrating. And, and I had. I'd been subbed, so I'd, I'm the bench. I've got the big massive. I remember that from the picture. Yeah, like, the all in one. You know what I mean? It's, um, it's about three sizes too big for you. <laughs> nothing, nothing back then actually fitted And uh, but he's, he's saying to me, Des, Desi, 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 down, down. He's like, like pointing. I mean, I'm just, but he's kind of knelt down in front of me. He's, I mean, he's like pointing at his legs, and he started moving. So I, honestly, it was not one thing was planned. Before you knew it, we were all down in one, next one, yeah. next one, next one. It's a great, uh, it's a great picture. And, it was, and, and now it's an iconic moment. Yeah. I, yeah. It's quite good because you can, it's not just something daft that happened. It's, it's It kind of happened for a reason mm. that we actually broke the record. And, yeah. um, so you can kind of put the two of them together and uh, take it for there. Uh, but yeah, I, like I said, it, it wasn't something that was planned. It was just a, a spur of the moment thing, which now everybody to talk about. Yeah. Um, so once um, AB left, obviously Steve Patterson comes in. A slightly different coaching style, I assume. And obviously Steve had his issues at that time. But um, was how was he? Was he a different sort of coach? He seemed like he might have been a bit more old school than than AB. Everything was a bit more laid back, but it's, uh, I think that was. <laughs> I think it was laid back for a reason mm. um, and, and like you highlighted the thing with that as well was we were obviously a bit older as well we were now 20, 21 I think um, as the younger boys were coming through and you speak to people and you know folk and other teams and all the rest of it so you kind of knew already that Steve was in a good place um, and so then it came out that he was going to be the manager and you kind of think to yourself, even as a young boy, you kind of know, you kind of think, geez, oh, how, <laughs> how can this be the manager of Aberdeen? You know what I mean? There's, there's enough stories going about, um, new folk up at Inverness. Um, so, 
it wasn't ideal, it wasn't great to start with. Um, but Duncan Shearer had come in there, mm-hmm. um, and Big Dunk was great. Well, I absolutely loved Dunk to bits. He was always good with me. Um, it, um, it was a little half. He, 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 he would probably tell you that he, he taught you how to um, score goals and help the young guys, but he used to just get the ball and smash it at a thousand mile an hour at the goal. That was Dunk's shooting. <laughs> Yeah, because he had the biggest backside in the world, and uh, he, he's actually he said, "Just make sure you've got a big backside, get you'll <laughs> get smashed through that ball." Um, but nice guy, you know the rest. That brilliant. Um, but like I said, when Steve came in, there was still obviously issues happening. You would hear things elsewhere as well. But like I said, when he was Aberdeen, but on the pitch we were a bit erratic. Um, um, and it was it's some decent victories along the way but there was you could kind of tell things were slowing down um, and we were bringing in once again not really just mean as in we had a standard that was flying then we mm. went to the kind of foreigners route and then um, he started picking up guys with the championship, decent players. Mm. Uh, we, we ended up with um, Paul, she- well, Paul Sheeran had come in and Steve Tosh had come in. Um, but so the, the, our team was trying to, you were slowly trying to build a team again. And it obviously never came off the way the, the way it was hoping. Uh, and um, like I said, I, I wouldn't say that the, the training sessions were high tempo and that standard. It was, it just is what it was. It was you, you done your training towards the game and then, and then you went and played. But like I said, it was it was anything. And it was, it was um, special. obviously during that time that uh, you left for Dunfermline. Um, yep. So there was you know a bit of reaction to that, um, but like, I've actually spoken to to. Darren as well, done one of these with Darren and he kind yeah, of spoken yeah. a few a few things about the reasons for for the move. But so don't, don't really, like how did you feel about the reaction to it? Were you were you disappointed? what I was <laughs> what I was disappointed with is nobody's gonna be happy that two guys that they've brought through the academy are brought through the youth system and there's no point in the first team are going to leave and go to Dunfermline. There's a, the, the first big one is why are two players that we brought through, two young kids, and we're captain as well at the time, why are they deciding to go to Dunfermline instead of staying at Aberdeen? So there's the first big one. Mm. The other one was, there was a lot of rubbish wrote in the paper that supposedly we had said about Dunfermline being a bigger club. I mean, that's, that's the biggest lie ever. I mean, folk at Dunfermline would tell you Aberdeen's a much bigger club. It, it, it was put, the spin was put on there. The piece Charlie Allen done is in, um, and then also there was, was it Keith Wynes, I think, was still the whatever he was at the club. Um, he he chipped in his Tottenham's as well mm. to make us make us look bad, and still we had never said anything bad. We had never said anything against Aberdeen because we had nothing bad to say about them. Aberdeen. To this day, have still been brilliant with us. Uh, like I said, I've been associated with Aberdeen since I was 10 years old. Um, 
the reasons that we left were well, Dan, got, Dan was meant to get a contract at Christmas, but that got took off the table. He's obviously told you that already. Mm. Um, and then, so contracts were all bound up until um, the start of the next summer. So Steve Patterson had shouted us in. There's a contract for myself. Like I said, I've spoken about this a few other times as well. It was, here's your, here's a new contract. Half the wage that you've, and like I said, as a young boy, you're not moving all over the place. You're, you're it's like you, at your work, you, you would build your way through it and the better you do, you're getting more money, more money. Now, right. And I'm not meaning more money as in the piling money at you. You're, you're, you're working it up. You're, you're doing it. So how my wage worked was you played so many games and your, your, your wage went up. So that meant you must be doing well. <laughs> Young boy in the team is playing well and you're, you're in a bit of an incentive-based kind of thing. So I uh, had a wage. That got halved. That's what you're getting. Played so many games in my appearance money. My appearance money was actually higher than my weekly wage. Right. So just because I was playing all the time and all the rest of it. So my week, so so my wage has been halved. My weekly wage had been obliterated. So and you had a one year deal. Hmm. And I'm sitting going like, well, that's not that's not great. That's even, uh, like I said, you're a young boy as well, kind of thinking the manager's the way he is. Training's no great. We've not got money to bring in any more players. We're lingering wherever we are on the table. Obviously can't afford to keep too many people either, if that's the way they're going about it. Um, we've done the exact same thing with Dan. I think he got offered a two-year deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but Wage gone, appearance money gone. So, like I said, you, you, you add these things up, and you kind of go right. Well, is this where we are? Is this where the club is? Um, and we spoke to the agent and, and made the decision that right, maybe this is a, a time to go and see what see what else there is. And the thing is, we don't firm them. Yeah, they're never going to be as big as Aberdeen, but they were flying in the league. Jimmy Caldwood as a manager, uh, Sandy Clark, Jimmy Nichol. Uh, they're, they're signing boys for Rangers. Boys, they're signing internationalists. They've got Stevie Crawford. They've got um, Brewster up front. Um, signing boys across for Holland that were at a good level. So Barry Nicholson, Scott Wilson is in there. Um, so guys like that. Uh, so kind of know everybody when you play football you, you mm-hmm. speak to everybody in Scotland it's it's like a wee village compared to England and all the rest so just ended up speaking to a few of these guys and they're like honestly training's amazing brilliant great get well looked after um, so long story short like two years we were allowed to go and speak to them firm and spoke to Jimmy Calder but we met at um, hotel in Dundee uh, spoke to Jimmy and you could just tell after five minutes, you were like, who did I sign? Just this persuasive mm. way. But I think it was more the way it was. And, it, it, and he was honest with me. He said, he went, I don't know where I'm going to go. Because I was obviously playing all over the place at Aberdeen as well, just filling in places. And, but still playing. But it was, uh, he, he did say, he's like, I'll be honest, 
I don't know where you're going to play yet. <laughs> but he says, you're going to, you're going to F and play for me, that's for sure. He says, I can't believe, he's obviously back, I'm a level anyway, he's saying, I can't believe they're letting you to have the chance to leave. He says, they're off their head, he says, we get you in. We're the luckiest team in the Premier League, blah, 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 to, to get used to. There's still years in front of you, lots to progress on and all the rest. So you can imagine, you're like, wow, this is brilliant. Mm. Um, so a week later, um, agent phones out, there's them firm in of three-year deals, both these, decent wage. Um, so it was a case of right. We had to be signed, but Aberdeen never, ever came back then. No kind of offer. No. Um, Here's a counter offer, here's whatever, blah, blah, blah. So it was like, right, well, yeah. like I said, it was the thing that annoyed me most was we had never ever said a bad thing about Aberdeen. We just went, we're not going to sign that. But as you can imagine, the local paper looks after its club mm-hmm. when it wants to. Um, uh, Chief Exec, he's getting embarrassed because two young boys are leaving to go to a lesser club. So he's getting embarrassed. So he needs to look after his club and commit and see whatever to make it look, look all right. Mm. Um, and the manager, he's kind of just saying, it's, it's that's we can only offer that. That's it. That's it. So, mm. um, so like I said, it was a lot came of it, but oh, the reaction, and I'm saying that there was a lot of reaction, and obviously there was no social media back then and all the rest of it, but in a, a word, it's, it's, it's not just saying that, but when we actually went to them filming, there was piles of letters, that's a word about a lie, there, there was letters and cards and stuff sent to them filming for myself and Dan from different supporters clubs, just normal fans, randomly just sending, like, sending their best wishes and, and, and all the rest of it. So it was seeing that. Mm. It was amazing, you know. I mean, he just he didn't. Then it was like we, we realised why you haven't. We, we realised why you left the clubs and a bit of state and all the rest of it. I've still got these cards. I've still got them upstairs somewhere. I mean, and it's nice to hear that as well. Like, like as I say, that the only thing that you do hear is like, oh, the youngs were lambasted for going to Dunfermline, but it's good to know that there were elements. I suppose it's a similar thing with social media. You, you hear all the the crap tweets, but you don't uh-huh. see all the good ones, you know. No, that, that, that's and like I said, I was. I've never ever held it against. I, I would still come up and before we'd probably be standing looking going, nice. And I would come up, all my mates played for Aberdeen. I grew up watching Aberdeen playing and like I said, from 15, 16, 17 and everybody that's playing in mm-hmm. that first team still knows the guys I've been playing with. So I would come up every other weekend and I'd be sitting in the stand. If we never had a game, if the game was like I said, mm-hmm. Sunday and a Saturday, if you could. And I'd be coming up to see them, stay overnight with them and then... So it was never, like I said, it was just never a, I was like, oh no, I can't, can't go there. Aye. So it's always been decent. Mm-hmm.